Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. So there was something trending this week about um, Gen Z versus millennials. I don't know which one I am. I feel like I'm older than a millennial, even though that's, I think that's my range. Because the thing had already finished trending before I even heard about it for the first time. <laughs> Same with this, um, Lori, is it Lori Ro? Ha, shall we see? So usually I hear about things like when they've already like <laughs> trended. But it's, it's interesting how different our generations are, even though like Gen Z and millennials were sometimes very close together in age. But it's, it's like there are some things they share for a particular generation. How do your parents say WhatsApp? What's up? <laughs> like every time, every parent, I think they, they can't just understand that you must, the guy wants, you, you, they want you to know what's up. <laughs> That's why they made it up. <laughs> Hallelujah. But there are some things I think are very common to every generation. Um, for example, I find myself saying some things that my mom, she's not in this area, good. I find myself saying some things that my mom would normally say. Like, when I was younger, we were going out. If I asked my mom, where are we going? And she didn't want to answer. She was like, we're going to London to see the queen. So my daughter asked me, one day, we're going out. We we're actually going to the pharmacy. Mommy, where are we going? Where are we going? I just got tired. Every time you call me, there is noise in the background. And I said, we're going to London to see the queen. <laughs> and my first daughter is four, going on five. So she said, wow, I can't wait to see her. I wonder what she looks like. And I had to now, like, retrace myself, but she took it literally. But there are some things that, is, that are common to nearly every generation. Gen Z, Gen Y, baby boomers, Bible generation, some things are very, very common. And one of them is the ability to jump into conclusions. Like some of you, your mom still will just see a boy smile at you. That's the reason why if a guy looks at you, you are pregnant, it's very, very common. That ability to just jump, like someone likes your boyfriend's posts. Eh? Guys, they can't be trusted. In fact, all men have come. The person just did love smiley by mistake. So that ability to jump into conclusions is normal for every generation. There are sometimes when I, see, when I see a post on social media or a comment on a post, I wish I had Koboko emoji that could actually start flogging people. Just a time... I saw a video, it was a controversial matter, which I also heard of late, as usual. And someone did a video, eight-minute video, explaining the whole thing. Then I was reading comments. And someone said, I did not watch the whole video, but this, 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 this is my point. And all the things, I believe it's a she, she was talking about, were things that had been dealt with in the remaining four minutes of the video. So the ability to jump into conclusions, the ability to conclude the matter is something that is very, very prevalent in every generation. 
Proverbs 18, verse 13 is one of those Bible verses that sometimes sound insulting. It says, He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. And many of us are like that. You have opinions about things you haven't studied. You make decisions about matters you haven't properly considered. I was in a meeting a while back and someone asked a question. She said, a married man was asking me out. When I found out he was married, I put he and his wife on the same WhatsApp group and exposed him there. Some of us are very rash. Even in your relationships, you are very, very fast. You never really take time to consider things. You act based on how you feel when you're hurt. So if somebody breaks your heart, social media straight. Just imagine if when Joseph found out Mary was pregnant, he went and posted it. Jerusalemblog.com just think about that for a moment. The truth is that based on the information he had, she was in the wrong. But the Bible says that the person who acts on a matter before considering it, it's folly and shame to them. And there are some things in life that you can choose without thinking twice. Like when I want to just hang out with my husband, I bring out what? You know, you know what? Do Gen Z people know what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and then I bring out a, a game of a, it's a card game it's brown what are other definitions <laughs> and it would be weird if I said let's play and he was like I need to pray about it Pastor Ireno like he's very spiritual but it would be weird because there are some things that you don't need to think about, you don't need to consider. One of them is choosing a hobby. Last year, I told myself for the third year in a row that I was finally going to learn how to swim. I finally started learning, but I'm not committed. But it didn't take prayers. It didn't take weighing the pros and cons. It didn't take research or asking questions. I just did it. Because I felt like it. And for many of you, that's how you handle relationships. You think that dating or courtship is a hobby. So you don't think about it. I know that's not you, you are serious. So I put together four signs. Four signs to show that you feel dating is a hobby. My number one courtship code, of course, is dating or courtship is not a hobby. But I put four signs here. The first way you can know that you are handling your dating life casually is when you choose without thinking about it so much. Like, I like you, you like me, let's get together, finish. The second sign is that you have little or no standards. When we are playing what? Me, when I was growing up, we used to block pick three. Abby? They used to block pick three, Abby. I was saying this. Pastor just cheated me. <laughs> uh -huh. 
When I was growing up, we were playing once, we blocked pick three. Then I got married, my husband said it's only pick two they block. <laughs> Wait, which one is it? Did they block everything? Say yes. yes. Did they block only pick two? No. Ah. <laughs> but that's the thing. There are no standards. It's what? It's not a game of life and death, even though the way pastor plays sometimes. I don't even, must you win at everything in life? You already have a great church. You have a fine wife. You have nice children. You are playing game like, oh God. But there are no standards when you're choosing a hobby. You won't, you won't uh, say, so what are the terms and conditions of this game? So what do I need to know? You won't spend time researching it because it's a hobby. It doesn't really matter. And for some of us, that's how we handle dating relationships. You don't really have much standards. Maybe you have tall, dark, and handsome. Chocolatey nourishment. <laughs> but how does that translate into a beautiful relationship? Don't get me wrong. See, attraction is very, very important. And I know Pastor touched on that last week when he talked about um, attraction code. But there's more. Praise the Lord. All right. The next way you know that you are handling your dating relationship as a hobby is when you have no objectives no goals or no objectives when you enter the car and you go for a ride it's nice 30 minutes you're just driving around not in lagos so maybe in your estate in abuja not in lagos it's nice like you're not really going anywhere just driving having fun but if you are doing that for five hours, I want to just break it to you that you are lost. Praise the Lord. So when there's no objective, people always ask me what's the difference between dating and courtship. It's not about what you call it. It's about what you do in it. Some people are cutting, they've been cutting for a very long time. I don't want to give number of years in case maybe that's the number of years you have been dating. You now say it's a sign. That even Peter said it in church today, you see? But they've been cutting for a particular number of years. They're not planning to get married. Maybe one person is planning, the other person is not planning. I'm not saying that when you begin a relationship with someone, you must marry the person. But the idea about relationships is that you begin with marriage in mind. You might begin with marriage in mind and realize this is a bad idea and you walk away. That's okay. It's okay to walk away. But the idea that you just begin to while away time, those hours on the phone that you are spending talking to somebody that you don't plan to spend the rest of your life with, that unnecessary sexual temptation you are putting in your face, if you had time to focus, you would do so much more with your single life. Praise the Lord. How, how do I know you're handling your courtship as a hobby? When you only do the fun parts. Please, what did I say? When you only do the fun part. Hanging out. It's nice, see? I would like to you guys, love is very, very sweet. 
like the movies, the butterflies, very, very sweet. They surprise you once in a while, get you flowers, very nice. But if you only do the fun part, you won't build a successful relationship. So there are a number of you who are already in relationships here, good relationships. But you don't understand why it sometimes gets stressful. For every good relationship you see that is working, people put work into it. Praise the Lord. So dating is not a hobby. Proverbs 20, 25 says, It is a trap to dedicate to something rashly and only later to consider one's vows. So I want you guys to be intentional. I want you guys to be intentional. When you're choosing, when you're making decisions, praise the Lord. The second dating code or courtship code Love is a choice. What did I say? Do you guys know this song by Don Moen? Love won't let you walk away and can't help who you love. In his newest album. You know, the thing about things that, forgive my English, that sound stupid, is that if you put them in a song, they now sound like they're making sense. Love will, if love won't let you walk away, there will be no divorce. The truth is that you always have a choice. Sometimes you need to make your choice to walk away early enough. Love is always a choice. That means that you can't be in a relationship without your consent. You can't be dating somebody and not have made a choice to date that person. See, the way it's even happening, if it's even funny, yourself, you won't even understand. We're just gisting. They were talking. Then before you know it, that's how it happened. The rest is history. What do those statements mean? I understand that there are some people who are forced into underage marriage, which is a very horrible thing. In other words, they are actually carried from their father's house into another person's house. But you as an adult, nobody can force you to date or marry someone. Did you hear me? They can threaten not to give you money. They can threaten to cut you off. They can use emotional blackmail. But you can't be forced to marry somebody. Love is always a choice. And it's a choice you're going to live with for the rest of your life. You're not a slave to your feelings. You're not a slave to your family. You're not a slave to your parents' prophets. Do I have a witness? Love is always a choice. I'm not saying that your feelings are not important or your family is not important. I'm just saying that you must intentionally consider it's your choice to make, even concerning salvation. There is a reason why after Jesus Christ died, the whole world did not become saved instantly. Salvation is the most important thing to God, yet he lets people make a choice. Do you understand me? He didn't force everybody to be saved without their will. Why will he tell you to marry somebody against your will? Love is always a choice. 
It's a decision you must make. Intelligently, intentionally. I say, ah, I just fell into her eyes. <laughs> Some statements, eh? Then what? You know, there are some things that look really good, but taste horrible. How many of you, when was it? The, can you remember the first time you tasted, not inside food, the raw strawberries? Like, how else do you spell disappointment? <laughs> so there's another one, olives. And they have nice, nice names, olives, strawberries. Some of you just, you, you like, you, you crush on people by their name. Richard. It's not by like that. Because the truth is that, imagine if you went to a buffet and they said, you can only choose one meal. Then you now went, you picked strawberries. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You are going to live with that choice for the rest of your life. It's not something to be afraid of. You know, for some people, when they hear I'm going to live with that choice for just a while, they say, no, 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 that means I will, I will not get married. And they eventually will, but because of fear, they might still choose wrong. So when you go to a buffet, and they say you're only allowed to pick one meal, you don't say that means I won't eat. You ask questions, you study, you Google, you smell. If your husband is, okay, you don't have, you don't have a husband, but me, I will taste my husband's own before I make a decision. Praise the Lord. Love is always a choice. You cannot be in a relationship due to circumstances beyond your control. Please, these things are so important. Usually when I teach on relationships, there are some basic things I, I teach. Some of you even know it offhand. But there are some things that I've noticed that makes, makes it very, very important to touch on some of these topics. Praise the Lord. Please. Your choices will shape your life. Relationships don't change people. And so the biggest mistake you can make is to choose somebody in hopes that they change. Praise the Lord. So six mistakes people make when choosing. Number one, like I already said, circumstances. I was listening to a message where a pastor said <laughs> that one of his sons came to meet him and said, I want to get married. And he said, why? He said, I just met this girl. She has three million. And she wants to marry me. <laughs> oh, my God. Three million. Sorry, Naira. When you marry, because, see, eh? you always have a choice. I saw a video today. They were asking somebody, if you were supposed to choose between begging and selling your body for money, which one will you choose? Your life is not multiple choice. You always have a choice. I'm talking to somebody who feels like they're in a tight corner and are being, is being pushed into a relationship. Sometimes people would, parents will force their children to marry somebody because the girl is pregnant. So you go from making a temporary mistake, a permanent one. That's very dangerous. Praise the Lord. So circumstances, one, mis one uh, mistake, or one thing that leads to mistakes. The second one, low expectations. 
low expectations. For some of you, when you were growing up, all you saw was your father beat your mother. So now, your criteria for choosing a husband is one thing, a guy that does not beat you. It doesn't have to be faithful. It doesn't have to fear God. Let him just not beat you. I want you to be intentional about not punishing yourself for the mistakes of the past by your relationship choices. Praise the Lord. The second one, unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations. I was just in them in Abuja last week. I said, I feel like, I know that Pastor Aaron is a lot of people's spec now. Am I right or am I right? People are afraid. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, but in your mind, some of you is your spec. Ah, praise the Lord. <laughs> and that's okay. Well, okay in a sense. It's your type of spec. That's okay. <laughs> But when I met him, it was different. Now, Pastor has a lot of shoes. When I met him, he had one shoe. When we started dating, one brown shoe. The shoe used to be suede. <laughs> then what now touched it, it now became, you know, like all this pomo <laughs> that they've scraped the back. You understand? When suede has seen better days. For some of you, the reason why you're not recognizing your spec now is because you have unrealistic expectations. You want them to look now the way they're supposed to look 10 years from now. And 10 years from now, they might look like that, but guess what? They will be taken. The ability to recognize people by grace is one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself. It is so important. You are in your process. And many times you're going to meet somebody who is also in their process. It's important that you recognize that. It's so important. I can't even emphasize it enough. The ability to look beyond where someone is now and understand that there's a future that God has placed ahead of them and you choose to be part of that future. That is one of the richest gifts you can give yourself. One of the richest. Some guys too. These girls are not the only ones guilty of this. You won't have to run our own business, look like Agbani. Like Agbani but with curves like Nicki Minaj. Then character, calm down now. Sometimes, I want you guys, church people, learn to recognize diamonds in the rough. I'm not saying you should date people out of pity. But just learn to recognize diamonds in the rough. I'll leave it at that. Mistakes people make when choosing, ill-preparedness. So sometimes you might meet somebody who is your speck, but because you haven't taken time to build yourself, you're not prepared. Some other mistakes, wrong counsel. Wrong counsel. Some of you, your relationship coach 
The person, you won't call them coach, but the person you listen to the most for advice is that auntie that her husband left her 15 years ago. And I'm not saying you should make fun of her or not respect her, but you guys do business. How many of you carry your business plan to somebody who has had five failed business and say, please, can you show me the way? Can you teach me how? But many times you make mistakes because you are getting wrong counsel. And of course, one of the most popular ones, spiritual gymnastics. If God tells somebody that they are your wife or they are your husband, God will also tell you. He's not the author of confusion. He's not the author of confusion. He will also tell you. And if he doesn't tell you or and or you don't like the person, please, my spiritual advice to you, take it, move on. Marriage is for life. You can't marry somebody you don't like. Do you hear me? You, I, 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 there, was, there was someone I knew who had someone dating her. And that one would tell her friends, it's you I really like, but I'm with her because God said, ha! God will, let me know. <laughs> God, will, God will forgive people. Some need more forgiveness than others. <laughs> Hallelujah. The third thing I want to talk about this morning is that love is visionary. And I mentioned it already. Love is visionary. For some of us, you want David, but you don't want him when he's tending sheep in the garden. You want him when he's already king. So, when you are choosing a spouse or when you're in a relationship, one of the biggest things you can do for yourself is to see the visions of God. To see your role in the visions of God and that person's role in the visions of God. If Rebecca was one of the most, one of those really empowered women today, she'd be like, uh-uh. Why should I leave my father's house and go to another city? Like, do you know I have, I have work to do? A woman's life is not just dependent on following a man up and down. Like, why, why should I, I why like come? Okay, you came all the way. You didn't know that you had camels to, to give water. If I didn't come, and call. So you now be sitting there, I'll be saving you water. Then you, you want to carry me from my father's house. Do you know where I am? To another city. It's one thing to recognize your self-worth. It's a good thing. It's another thing to discern to discern God in the situations of your life. Some of you is not even relationship related. You just don't discern. You have placed your personal values that may not be in line with the word of God above the leading of the Spirit. I remember a beautiful daughter of mine who is, is she's very, very different now. But there was a time she said, ah, she stopped coming to church because church was not, it wasn't adding up to her Feminist values. I think that's what she said. She's like, no church. I said, eh? So who is your God? So in relationships and in life, any value that does not first align to the leading of God must bow. Can you hear me? That's very, very important. Love is visionary. Love sees beyond now into the future. I remember 
Pastor has been my mentor for a very long time. He still is, and I'm so grateful to God for him. I remember when he said, God told me to ordain you as, as a pastor. That was 11 years ago. 11 years. Come on, we don't do old, though. Hi, now ah. <laughs> and I remember really being excited about it. And somebody I respected at that time said, ah, so Laji is not a pastor. Ha, now ah. And person was laughing. Let me give you a cheat way. A cheat fact when it comes to recognizing your potential spouse. That person will see the visions of God for your life. You may not look like it now. You may not have the opportunities now. But if you see someone that sees you the way God sees you, there are other things to look out for. But if you see someone that can look at you and know they may not have all the facts, but they can believe in the hand of God upon your life to the point where when you look at yourself through their eyes, you can also see it. That person will make a good spouse. Take it from somebody that married well. Praise the Lord. Love is visionary. Love is visionary. There are so many things I've taught you guys before about dating intelligently, about making decisions. But love, love is visionary. It can see by the eyes of the Spirit into the future, even when it doesn't look like it now. When we first got married, my mother-in-law gave us this lovely car. It was a Sienna brown. Anytime I see a brown Sienna, I take a moment, I lift up my hands in praise, and I give God thanks. Because that car was what we used to have pastors meeting. When we are moving to ICM, and every quarter we wanted to pay rent, pastors would gather. I would say, okay, so me, I'm going to sell this. Me, I have contribution coming. Me, I'll speak to this person. We will gather in that car and make personal contributions towards paying rent. When we first got married, that car used to stop in a particular spot. It stops, when something stops somewhere three times, is it a sign or what? The first time the car stopped there, I was like, now wow. I think I was pregnant with the demon then, so we pushed the car. The second time when I was away from church, you know me and my big mouth. I told my husband, I said, this is where that car stopped that time. You won't believe as I said it. Brethren. <laughs> it stopped there, same place. In Agor, when you are going towards Agor, close to one school like this, that's where the car stopped. The third time, I don't know, it's like, sometimes I feel like I don't learn fast. <laughs> so I was like, can you imagine our car stopped in this place today? My mother said, keep quiet before you jinx it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> if you marry somebody because of the car they ride today, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not even kidding. I don't know what to tell you. Let me stop at that. Number four. Love is sexy. Some people have been sleeping and saying, Ooh. <laughs> Love is sexy. I've been saying it everywhere. That sex was God's idea. The devil is too dumb to come up with something as great as sex. Sex is amazing. Sex is incredible. Trust me. Wait, I didn't say trust me. That sounded weird. Well, I have two kids, so trust me. Sex is great. 
Sex was God's idea. But love is more than sexy. It's more than sexy. Think about that for a moment. Think about that for a moment. Love is more than... See, do you know that when you get married, how many of you have heard that when you get married, you'll be having sex every day and you believe it? It's okay, you can raise your hand if you believe it. All right. If you're married here, can I see your hand? Married people. If you're married, no, just leave your hand up. Wait now, married people, leave your hand up, please. I just want to check some. Wait now, I want to check something. If you're married here and you have sex every day, can you leave your hand up? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I hope I've been able to prove to you beyond <laughs> all reasonable. You will talk more than you have sex. You will make decisions more than you have sex. Guess what? You will go on with your normal life more than you have sex. So it's not as if marriage exists in a vacuum. Where you get married, everything else stops, and you just start having sex. So if you make decisions only based on sexual chemistry, I don't know what to tell you. I absolutely hated chemistry when I did it. Hated it anyway. But let's assume I loved it. And I got an A in chemistry. And then English, F9. Mass, F9. Every other thing, F9. And you have and A in chemistry, nobody cares because you've still failed. So people say things like, I know this person is bad for me, but the chemistry, <laughs> guy, is going to explode. <laughs> so sex is great. I'm not even going to lie to you. But there's a reason why God wants you to wait. There's a reason why the first time my children I don't know, they watch TV to be reasonable. I don't want to, I don't want to say a lot, but not, that will make me sound like a bad parent. So they watch some TV. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus, God will help someone. It's not easy. Because, like, when they're watching TV, you can actually have a life. <laughs> but they watch TV. And it was on TV, they saw popsicles for the first time. <laughs> so they told their dad, one popsicle. My husband going to say, I've ever seen me popsicles. <laughs> And then they told me, so I, I kind of had an idea because some of us are born fresh, you know. Pastor is fresher than me. I'm just, I'm just kidding. He's not around, so. And so we, we bought the popsicle maker or the popsicle thing. And you won't believe it. After every 30 seconds, popsicles are supposed to be frozen in the freezer. How about 30 seconds? Two of them will come. Is it ready yet, mommy? Is it ready yet? One of them even opened the fridge, stretched with her short legs and opened the fridge. It wasn't ready yet. Because if it's not frozen, it's not, it's, it's, you can't eat it, you can't enjoy it. And that's sex. There's a reason why there's a right time for it. The person who created it, the person who came up with the popsicle idea, but it now sounds like I'm using like an innuendo or something. The person who came up with the popsicle idea said, let it freeze. The person who came up with the sex idea says, wait, just wait. Praise the Lord. So that's, that's it. 
when you start dating someone, the next level is not sex. The next level is marriage. Do you understand that? And it's easier to walk away from horrible relationships when there are no, then there's no sexual history involved. Praise the Lord. All right, so let's talk a little bit about overcoming sexual temptation. Even in the New Testament, the Bible is still clear about abstaining from sex and all manner of um, uncleanness. Check out Ephesians 5.3. Overcoming sexual temptation. The first is accountability. What did I say? Especially if you guys have a sexual history. Because many times when people start sleeping together, normally it's more difficult for you to stop. If you're dating someone and you guys did it for the first time. Should I, should I talk about this? Yeah. Okay, okay. It's more difficult to stop. It's not impossible, it's just more difficult. In fact, many times, especially when one person doesn't care, but you're dating somebody that cares, what will happen is you're going to cry, I don't want to do it again. The person will now pet you. From petting you, you want to now lead to another thing. The comfort will now turn to something else, and you've done it again. But if you are in a relationship with somebody who is also a believer, who also believes in not having premarital sex, and you guys have done it before, one of the things that will help you is accountability. If you don't tell anybody else, I can almost bet you that you do it again. It's not a cause. It's just those things happen. So if you've had sexual history, accountability is very, very important. The second one I, I mentioned here is sensibility. What did I call it? I had someone in secondary school that used to argue that she and her boyfriend would sleep on the same bed and nothing would happen. Can, you, can we stop deceiving ourselves for a little bit? You can't have sex in a public place if you're okay. Oh. <laughs> because no, never. But if you are, and I don't mean like there are some public places that have private places, if you know what I mean. But I mean like, if you saw each other, in some of you, the temptation you have been praying against, even when you hold down to pray against that temptation, that's when the temptation even comes stronger. If you just saw each other in more public places, you wouldn't have that issue. Sensibility. Using your number, what number is it? Is it number six or number six? Those little, little things, those things your parents told you that you say, ah, you was on is too much, Seth. That would help you, sensibility. Because if, for example, I'm driving and I say, I don't want to go over this cliff, and I start speeding, 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 and I press my brake here, I might still fall. But if I've been going slowly, 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 before I reach here, I'll already be married, I'll be at the aisle. Hey. <laughs> so someone say, how far is too far? You don't have to go far at all. Because the truth is, take it from someone who dated someone for, for, for how many years? Four years, wow. The truth is, the further you go, the further you want to go, if you do something today, that thing will not be enough tomorrow. Do you guys understand? Because everybody here is so spiritual. If you kiss today, I didn't say kissing is a sin. Did I say so? But if you kiss today, that kissing will not be enough tomorrow. You want to move on up. Do something else. 
So many times, sexual tension doesn't just happen at once. You don't just start dating. It happens, but as a Christian, normally, you don't start dating, and then all of a sudden, many times, it takes time. So I feel like if you do as little as possible from the beginning, you want to get married in five years. You are kissing today. Ha! Ha! I just see, I'm seeing wood and nails all over the floor. <laughs> so many shattered tables. Turning the tables of the money changers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the third one, Holy Ghost ability. The Holy Spirit will help you. Some of you is already helping you. Some of the nudges is telling you, don't go there today. Don't go today. And you don't go. That's the Holy Spirit helping you. The time you went, you know you didn't listen. But the Spirit of God is at work in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. So even if you have a sexual history, I want you to understand that you're not a slave to your history. You're not a slave to your body count. You're not a slave to your past. You're a slave to righteousness. So you have the ability to live above sin even if that was your conversation in time past. Do you understand? Many times the idea that we are too far gone and we can't help ourselves is just a lie. Think about it. The earth was without form or void and the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that now lives in you, hovered over the surface of the deep and said, let there be light. There is no sin you cannot overcome. Can you say, say there is no sin, there is no temptation, that I cannot overcome. So by the Spirit of God in you, you have the ability to overcome temptation. Praise the Lord. Code five. Love is a fruit of your spirit. Galatians 5, 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. So regardless of your past, you have the ability to love like Christ. Some of us are so broken. The things you saw growing up, the things your parents did to you or to each other, the things that auntie or uncle did. I was talking, I think it was Super Super last week, I was talking about how out of every five ladies, at least two or three were sexually abused. If you don't know anybody personally that has been sexually abused, let me see your hand. Please, I want you to look around the room. So there's actually a menace in society. That's by the way. It's an important thing, but that's what I'm talking about today. So all of us know someone. Think about it. You probably know more abused people than you know people who have happy marriages. Then you know people who are millionaires in Naira. Then you know doctors. There is a lot of brokenness. And this is not just for ladies. So many guys were abused as children. And the way guys, the way guys cover up their own is they now begin to sleep around. Or they brag about it. A lady says she's abused. You can see the brokenness. A guy wants to say he's abused, but he doesn't want to seem like he's weak. So he talks, he brags about how he lost his virginity early. But many times it was taken from him. But can I tell you something? Despite your past, despite your brokenness, love is a fruit of your born-again spirit. Amen. 
success is in your spirit. Healing is in your spirit. Think about that for a moment. Things may have been done to you, but completeness is in your spirit. Jumping from one bad relationship to another bad relationship. That's not your destiny. Can you hear me? You don't deserve that. And you were not born for that. Some of you have sold yourselves this lie. That because your father was unfaithful, you'll be unfaithful. Who said so? Your father in heaven is a faithful father. Please, I want you to understand. God has good plans for you. Love is in your spirit. Some of you say, the reason, the reason why I'm so bitter is because you don't know what I've been through. My... No, see, now, there is an example in Christ. There is empowerment in Christ. You can love like Christ. I'm not trying to downplay what has been done to you. I'm just saying that what God has done for you and in you is stronger. Some of you are worried. I don't think I'll be a good mother. Because you know, when people are saying it, they're just like, ah, oh, wow. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, what sins and griefs we bear. All because we do. Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often fall our feet. Oh, what needless pains we bear. Oh, in today's service we lay down the heart at your feet your love is power you've given us spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind so we drop the insecurities we drop the fear we're empowered in your love in the name of Jesus we pray praise the Lord sorry I'm not done preaching no can tell I didn't even realize the song very well <laughs> The, third, the fifth, what number? Six. Love is the fruit of your born-again spirit. I want you to know that you are empowered to love. Six, love is wise. Jesus loved everyone, but he didn't trust everyone. Some of you are in your healing process, and there's a vulnerability that comes with healing. You finally see somebody who understands what you've been going through. There's a tendency to just embrace the next person that seems to understand. And that's the reason why many times people go through the same circle over and over again. Because you're, you maybe you, you just came from an abusive relationship. Then you meet somebody who is comforting you. 
because the person understands your weaknesses, you don't realize that that person is also an abuser. Let Jesus heal you and then allow the wisdom of God to guide you. Sometimes, the best time to enter a relationship might not be immediately after that breakup. You don't need a new relationship to heal you from the last one. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you need to be single for a while. Single, soak yourself, bake yourself in God. So that when all the, not just, I don't know why people always say that you're mad demons. When all the other tribes of demons come, you can recognize them. Praise the Lord. So love is wise. Love is wise in choosing. Love is wise in dealing. How prepared. Some of you guys, you've never read a relationship book in your life. But you are training yourself with courses that will expire in four years. Yet, you're going to be married for the rest of your life. You have never prepared. And you're going to lead that relationship. How are you preparing for marriage intentionally? In your relationship, what intentional conversations are you having? How are you guys growing? Love is wise enough to walk away. If love will not let you walk away, you let yourself walk away. Please. Nobody has the right to raise their hand to you in a relationship. Guys, I'm also talking to you too. She gets angry. She will be throwing things at you. She will be carrying weapons. She will be slapping. The truth is that, whether you like it or not, the average guy physically is more, what's the word? Is more stronger physically than a woman. So nobody cares if she slaps first. If you slap next, it's your own that will give scar. So kindly, when you see somebody that has issues, I'm not saying they don't deserve love. But you also have to ask yourself, do you deserve this for the rest of your own life? Because mental issues are real issues. So I'm not downplaying that. Mental issues are real issues. We're talking about that more as a church. God is helping us. There's healing. The same way there's healing for physical illness, there's healing for mental illness. But the, heal, the healing for mental illness, you're going to love this, is not a relationship. You are dating someone. It's not a healthy relationship. You want to break up. They try to kill themselves. Suicide is a real thing. And I hope that people who are suicidal get help. It's so important. But sister, brother, you are not this... You, if a person's entire mental health is dependent on you, even the best of us cannot carry that body. Am I preaching this morning? Praise the Lord. I'm not saying that people who are in mental health situations don't have the right to be loved or be in relationships. Do you get where I'm coming from? I'm just saying that handle it with wisdom. And if it becomes dependent on you, what's going to happen when you are in a situation where you also need, where you can't be that anchor, what's going to happen then? And if you're in such a situation, if you're at the other end of the line where you're like, if this person breaks up with me, I will die. You will not die. You will not die. 
Your anchor, your source, the person who holds you is an unshakable person. He always speaks his calls. He, so I don't, there are things I'm talking about when I didn't plan to talk about. But this is so important. That person might not always be there to counsel you. Jesus is always there. They might not always remember to tell you I love you because sometimes they are stressed at work. Jesus is always there. So you must embrace wholeness and find healing in him. Praise the Lord. Love is wise. Courtship is the time to love what? Intelligently. And marriage is the time to love blindly. When I say blindly, blindly does not include physical abuse. Praise the Lord. The next thing, love is intentional. What brought you together might not always keep you together. And don't forget when Pase and I had our first fights. It was on top of this Ikeja Long Bridge. Like, when you first started, when you first started dating, sorry, everything will be moving fast, 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 fast. You always be smiling. Then you have your first fights. All of a sudden, slow motion. Can't believe that I'm a... F- is it... No, is it that one? No, this one is an empty street. An empty house. A hole inside my heart. I'm all alone. Oh. I wonder why. <laughs> See you guys. Some people have for- forgotten themselves. <laughs> Long as I get out, oh, oh my love, it's not forever. It's over. Ah, overseas, it's long, don't worry. <laughs> I was thinking we'll get to the end, but it's long. But love is intentional. Love is intentional. Yesterday, for some reasons, I couldn't see Pastor before he went to the airport. I was going to be away for about 10 days. And so, I called. I said, where are you? said, I'm at the airport. I said, okay, I'm driving down. He said, no, I mean, no, I said, don't worry, don't worry, I'm driving down. Driving to the airport is so... It's so interesting in the movies. Because, because, there was no traffic. You know, you know there will not be traffic. You now come down, you carry. Then, miracle of all miracles, they will allow you inside the airport. Or you will just punch someone or beg someone. You'll be running, 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 running. Then, almost every time, the person has almost boarded or they're about to board. You'll be going to airport just in the time. <clears throat> Let me not talk. Shasha went to see him. But it was not as dramatic. Like I got there, I was even waiting in the car. I think I'm here. He said, okay, when I finish checking in, I'll come out. That's not so. But it meant a lot to him. It meant a lot to him. One of the, the reasons why I agree to my husband, among so many other reasons, I always say one of the reasons because there are many. When I was doing my defense, project defense, he was still asking me out then. The guy showed up. He, that was not his college. He just came, wore suits, dressed up. I know what are you doing here. I said, oh, I just came to see, I came to support you during your defense. Oh, that's so sweet of me. Then he was not wearing that for much shoe. He had another shoe. <laughs> Which he eventually gave out. <laughs> Sometimes I forget pastor is my boss. I'm careful about the things I'm saying in this church. God. <laughs> of course, you won't always get it right. Sometimes you might forget important dates. 
But as much as possible, try to be intentional. Try to be intentional. How can you be more intentional in showing love to your partner? Even as a married couple, how can you be more intentional? Like, Pastor showed up when I was making my movie. Ah, God. I already suspected he was coming. I started blushing before he came. And we're not a perfect couple. We don't always get it right. I know people find it hard to believe, but it's true. Intentional in forgiveness, intentional in prayer, intentional in communication. Some of you, the reason why your family doesn't like your spouse is because of the way you've presented your spouse to them. Every argument you are having, it must be where your parents are. Because arguments will not flow if you are in your room. Your tears. See, eh? Especially if you're a lady or if you cry easily like me. Anything makes you cry. Like me, I will just be talking. You will just shout, so I'll just cry. Me, I started first sometimes. But when you carry that your cry to the front of your family, in their mind, they're like, ah, this person is making my daughter cry. <laughs> Love is intentional. There are areas some of us need to work on. Areas some of us need to work on. Someone like me, I don't do nails. This morning I woke up, I done my makeup. Nadia saw me, that's the latest less one. She said, oh, mommy, your makeup is fine. Then she saw my nails, she said, see your nails, mommy. I didn't really grow up seeing my mom do nails or a lot of makeup. She's very pretty, naturally. But those are the things that my husband likes me to do. Do you understand? So be intentional. There are some things that may not come naturally to him, but he does them to please me. Praise the Lord. Also be intentional about understanding that even when your spouse does not do everything that you want them to do, they love you. That one too is important. That they may not be as domesticated or as romantic, but there are things they do, there are efforts that they make. When you're angry, it's very easy to throw efforts out of the window. You never do this, you always... Be sincere with yourself. Even when your sincerity doesn't mean you are the one winning. Be sincere. Praise the Lord. I said this one before, but I'll say it again. Love can change its mind. So don't make permanent decisions based on temporary situations. I was talking about, and I'm going to mention this again, marrying someone because you're pregnant for them. is a different thing if you guys made a mistake, but you both plan to get married, and then you're pregnant. But if this is somebody that you would not marry in your right senses, but you are pregnant, don't marry the person. Guys, this goes for you too. If someone's pregnant for you, be responsible. Responsibility doesn't mean you must marry the person. Do you hear me? Let me say it again. Responsibility doesn't mean you must marry the person. You can provide for your child, be there for your child, and stop having more children out of wedlock. <laughs> That's a responsible decision. Please, am I talking out of turn? Or are these things important? So you can make a decision that I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Don't marry that person. Please, pregnancy cannot keep a man, no. Please now, are we in 1844? Even in Abraham and Sarah's time, it didn't work. Tokens of 2021. Pregnancy cannot keep a man. Do you guys understand? 
He might even bring him to the altar. He can't keep him in the house. Anyway, child, stay with someone that also wants to be with you for you. Not for a child. Because many times when you have children grow up in those kind of situations, some of you grew up in those kinds of situations. That's one of the things contributing to your brokenness now. Knowing that your parents didn't want each other but are together because of you. They couldn't hide it. Am I right or am I right? All right. Praise the Lord. Next code as I begin to round off. Courtship is not an institution. What's going to happen is I'm going to focus on these things in the second service. Courtship is not an institution. I put together some points on how you can know that you are ready for marriage. I already said that Christians begin dating relationships with marriage in mind, but it's not by force. You understand that, Abi? Some of you, I must marry the first guy I kiss. I must marry the first guy I date. I must marry the first girl I... Mm-mm. Marry the one that makes sense. All right. How do you know you're ready for marriage? Number one, desire. Wanting to get married is a great sign that you should. Wanting to get married. And let me tell you something. When you guys are already sleeping together, wearing and coat together, eating together, going on vacation together, the desire for marriage is dwindled. Because you're already doing everything that you would normally do in a marriage anyways. Phew. I'm going to stop at number two. I can't finish up. I'm going to stop at number two, maturity. Individual maturity as individuals. The maturity of the relationship. As well as financial or emotional maturity. I think if I got married the first year, Master and I started dating, I may have messed it up. So sometimes the relationship needs to grow a little more. I can't, I can't finish up. I also have keys to successful relationships which I will handle in the second service. But I will wrap up with this. I'll wrap up with this. I just want to say that successful relationships are possible and vision is a major part of it. God has an overarching plan for all mankind. What role will your relationship play in that? What role will your relationship play in that? Imagine if Sarah had been like Lot's wife and God said, leave your kindred, leave everywhere to the place I will show you. And she made up her mind that she wasn't going to go. So a relationship is bigger than you, bigger than your feelings or emotions. What would God have us do? When we first started dating, there were some decisions I made. I wasn't going to take a job that would take me out of the country, one. Two, I wasn't going to take a job that would take me out of church on Sunday. For some of you, you are so bent on your plan that any hint that your relationship will take you out of that plan makes you worried. Are you trusting God or are you trusting your abilities? I want to fulfill my dreams. This is Please, I don't mean to sound somehow, but do I look like someone in life that is not fulfilling their dreams? So, Following God, sometimes, sometimes, following God, and I'm going to say this in light of all the things I've said, might mean following a man. Do you hear what I said? Think about that. I know that you know God has big plans for you, but is it possible 
that your big plans might need to align with somebody else who has a call upon their life. Do you understand what I'm saying? So for some of you, you may not be Deborah, but you will be Lapidus. And the greatest thing you can do in life is to allow this woman lead in the area that God has called her to lead. For some of you, you may be Sarah. You did not see night vision. God didn't ask you to count the stars. But you birth a child of promise because you follow somebody who is following God. That's how to think like someone in the kingdom. Think about that. Imagine if when we were supposed to move to Abuja, that was the year I was supposed to start my PhD. I got admission. My husband didn't ask me once. Ah, he's like, you won't do this PhD. It was something I made up my mind to do, and it worked for me. So some of you need to get to a point where I know you are trusting God's leading when it comes to your finances and your career. Are you trusting God's leading in your relationship? You have your plans, but you are with somebody who has a call. Oh, God. Imagine if Peter's wife said, you, you are leaving your fisherman business to be following this man. For what? Think about it. People on Twitter will just go mad. You already... Oh, please, I'm talking to you. All this, I can't marry a pastor gang. I can't live in Nigeria gang. Some guys too. I can't... I must marry a virgin gang. See, yeah, I talk about using your brain a lot, but now I want to teach you to choose with your spirit because that's what I did. See the visions of God. Let it not be that on the last day, God asks you, so why are your children not saved? And you say, see, I actually fell in love with this guy, very hot. <laughs> if you see his body, Lord. Say, but he wasn't saved, Problem. How are your relationship choices now affecting the call upon your life? How are your relationship choices now affecting the call of God upon your, past, your partner's life? And this is something you have to answer for yourself because it's different for everybody. But when it comes to negotiables, non-negotiables, number one, non-negotiable, the leading of the spirits in line with every other thing that is wise, not that you pick a non-believer and you say, God told you. That's not my God. But the of the Spirit is very, very important. Rise to your feet. All right, I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I also want you to pray in your understanding. Father, today I choose to see the visions of God for my relationship and walk accordingly. This is for you who is single. This is for you who is already married. I choose to see the visions of God for my relationship and walk accordingly. Whether I'm single, whether I'm dating, whether I'm married, I want to do what you'll have me do. I want to go where you'll have me go. I want to be with who you'll have me be with. Can you pray for yourself? Father, even in my relationships, lead me. Lead me where my trust is without borders. Some of you need to walk upon the water today to make a big step. I'm going to trust you, Dad. I'm going to trust your wisdom. 
I'm going to trust your leadership. I submit my plans to your plans. I thank you for your strength. In my relationship, I'm brave. In this marriage, I'm brave. Brave to forgive. Brave to submit. Brave to love. I let go of my past. I let go of my insecurities. I can love like Christ. Your spirit empowers me to love. Oh, for some of you, you need to say, I'm not my mother, I'm not my father. I'm like my father in heaven. I will have a glorious home because the spirit of God empowers me to do so. Daddy, I involve you today in my choices. Some of you are making bold moves. Bold moves to step into relationships. Bold moves to walk away from the relationships. You know what it is by the Spirit of God. Bold moves to stop doing some things you've been doing. To start doing things differently. That's for you that's been so afraid to be vulnerable. For you picking a fight and everything. I'm going to trust your leading Lord. I'm not my heart. I'm not my past. I'm not my mistakes. I'm a new person in Christ. I'm going to love like it. I'm going to live like it. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.